Week 7 in the books now as the Chicago Bears find a way to win. Three interceptions over the New England Patriots who uh, uh, notch another one on their belt as, um, man, now let's see, they're now 3-4 and four on the year, the same record as the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Rowdy, the Chicago Bears apparently can only play and win in wet games, but the Chicago Bears and the Green Bay Packers are the same exact record at 3-4. and four. Is that parody or is that two bad teams? Good morning, by the way. Watching that Chicago Bears-New England game, wow. New England laying what an egg on that game. Yeah. They looked awful. And their thought, defense couldn't stop the run, even though they're supposed to be good at that. And their I thought offense, when they put Bailey Zappi in, the, it would be a big spark and they'd win that game. It was a spark right away, but then, um, yeah, it unfolded. Well, you look at how the offense played for New England. They couldn't do anything. No. Like, that that running game is supposed to be pretty decent where they have, you know, two, three running backs that rotate in with Damian Harris. You have Stevenson. They couldn't get running the football. Mac Jones looked awful. He was terrible. The first uh, quarter, he could not even bad. complete a pass. No. Bailey Zappi gave him a boost for, like, two drives, and then, and then the went. Well, that's the other thing. So when Mac Jones came into this week, they basically said Mac Jones is a starter. So he was taking all first team reps. Yep. The game plan was yeah, derived around Mac Jones. Now, all of a sudden, one quarter in, you throw Bailey Zappi, a guy that's played in three games, though he's played decent in those three games, but you threw him in there with a game plan that was meant for Mac Jones. Yep. And that was a terrible game from the Patriots. It was ter- awful. Well, Bailey's, Bailey Zappi comes in. He gets a touchdown right away. I mean, I, his wide receiver is wide open. Uh, Bears defense broke down. And then Z- Zappi hits one of some big passes and they run it in. And you thought maybe, what was it, 14 to 10? I guess the Patriots were over the Bears. You're like, all right, Zappi's the... Everyone was anointing Zappi this, like, second coming. And he looked good right away. The second coming, and then it just unfolded in the Bears' defense. The Bears' offense isn't good either. Let's like let's not get anything twisted. The here. Bears had so many lucky plays in that game, where if they wouldn't have went the way that they did, that offense still looks terrible. <laughs> what are the Chicago Bears to the Green Bay Packers? Both teams are three and four. Well, I did notice one thing watching that game: the Bears' offense versus the Packers' offense. Both teams are three and four. Both teams have not looked good this season. No. But there's a difference that I see between the Chicago Bears offense and something that I see between the Green Bay offense. And one of the biggest things is when you were watching that game, even early on for the Chicago Bears, they were still scheming wide receivers open. Mm-hmm. Like like Green Bay, when you watch their offense, nobody ever gets they open. They never get open. Every once in a while someone has has gotten open this year and then it feels like when they have Aaron Rodgers has made a bad throw or, or they drop it or they drop it like or Murray Rodgers the yeah. time that uh, somebody is half open the offensive line isn't blocking anybody yep like nothing has worked for the Green Bay Packers but if you watch that LaFleur Le- scheme since 2019 remember a lot of the times when we were talking about uh, Aaron Rodgers and his MVPs it was because we're like man He's got at least one guy coming open like every single play. Yeah. Well, that hasn't happened this year. The offense just looks disjointed for the Packers. But if you watch the Bears, it's not pretty out there. But when you watch their scheme, they were having guys that were coming open. A lot of times, like when they ran that flood play early to the right, there was like two, three guys that were all open 
because of the development of the play. And I started sitting there and it, it just seemed like that continued to happen over and over and over. So when I watch the bears offense, I almost feel like it's, it's not a scheme issue. You're literally just looking at St. Brown is like their two slash three receiver, the former Packers wide receiver, Equiminius St. Brown. You think about him on the Packers roster when the Packer roster is healthy. We've saw St. Brown his entire career. Yeah. He's behind Lazard. He's behind Cobb. He's behind Watson. He's not that good. He's behind Sammy Watkins. He's behind Dobbs. He's probably like the sixth receiver on this Packers roster. And that's not saying because all those other guys are so good. He's just not that great. And we've seen what he is over his past, what, three, four years in the NFL. But what do the Bears do for him? But they've gotten these guys open. And... I think the reason why they're just not good is not necessarily because of their scheme. It's more or less because guys like St. Brown are their two slash three receiver instead of like a five or a six. Yeah. They're just not winning because the Jimmy's at Joe's aren't good. Not because the <laughs> the game plan is terrible. Yeah. And then you watch the Packers again. It, nothing looks right. No, the, the Packers just look like a, a, a mess. They look like they're lost out on the field. At least the Bears has some semblance of... You know, as Rowdy was just talking about, they're scheming guys open and making plays. The Packers are just look like a shell of themselves. I was, I forgot who said it, but I was listening to something yesterday of one of the national pundits, and they said the Packers' offense looks like an offense that's ran for a rookie quarterback that like doesn't know what to do. I was like, man, <laughs> the Packers' offense just in general is just abysmal. And I, is it parody in the NFL or is it truly just bad teams? Three and fours, four and threes, everywhere. And if you were to tell me that uh, seven games through the season that the Bears and the Packers would have the exact same record, I would have said you're crazy. We, I mean, we are all talking about the Bears being last in the NFC North this year. Well, I think the Lions are going to cement that one. The Lions are one in five on the season. There's a team that's gotten you know a lot of bad breaks. Uh, no defense to start the season. A lot of offense. Now they've just sputtered out. But I just can't believe that the the Lion, I'm sorry, the Bears and the Packers will sit at three and four. Now the Vikings, they were on bye. They're five and one. Uh, Lions down there at one and five. So I, I, it's just a confusing, confusing uh, start to the NFL season. Uh, I don't think it'll really confuse much on the Packers. They just kind of stink right now. And it's getting even worse for the Packers as Alan Lazard with a sling on his left arm in the locker room yesterday. He would not talk to the media. He heard it, obviously, in the loss on Sunday. But Alan Lazard with a sling. Uh, you're without Randall Cobb. You're without Christian Watson. You don't have a true number one. The guy that was perceived as your number one, or we were told he would be in Alan Lazard, probably not going to play on Sunday against the Buffalo Bills. Who knows if Brian Gutekunst is going to do anything at the trade deadline to go get a wide receiver. What's the one move that they've done, Rowdy, or tried to do? They, they, they. What was that, Fry Fogel? What the hell was this wide receiver's name that they brought in? That I mean, Ty not, Fry Fogel. Fry, I mean, he was worked out. I don't. That's the one thing the Packers have been doing: working out these meaningless, no-name receivers. Like, what are you doing? Now, getting a receiver is more than just that for the Green Bay Packers, but not good with Cobb on the injured reserve with an ankle injury. Uh, Watson hasn't practiced the last two weeks due to a hamstring injury. Unclear if that's going to change. We're just talking about Sammy Watkins, who looked a step slow in his return, who was nursing the hamstring injury. You got rookies in Romeo Dobbs and Samari Toure. I mean, who would have thought Samari Toure would be getting in much run? And then they called up Jawan Winfrey. Amari Rogers is playing at the wide receiver. He stinks. He shouldn't even be on the team. And I got Alan Lazard hurt. <laughs> the panic button, Rowdy, is getting hit again today. I just. Does this feel like a lost season is encroaching on the Green Bay Packers right here? 
Which is crazy because it's the, almost the end of Aaron Rodgers. Not yet. Not yet. Again, there's seven games into it, and you're and talking they, they about stink. there's a ton of parody. Uh, the the season is all of a sudden they catch their stride. It's a wide open year. Well, but, I don't know. Is it parody for the Packers, or are they just bad? Well, I look at the entire NFL. You it's have open, a, I know. You but... have a team like the Patriots that look like they're turning a corner. They have a home game against the Bears' crappy offense, and that's what happened last night. You lose 33-14. to 14. The Bears looked pretty freaking awful, yeah. and they went into Foxborough and got a win. I mean, that's that's pretty much been... Look at on set, uh, Sunday. You would have thought that one of the safest plays ever would be well, Tampa Bay will beat the the Panthers. They got, they got smoked. They scored three points. Carolina is playing their fifth string quarterback. <laughs> they had a fire. They're having a fire sale. Carolina traded their best play, arguably their two best players. Oh, the NFL is a confusing time this year. I mean, it is open. Though the NFC is open for the Green Bay Packers. The question is, can they win some games? Um, well, you look at that that receiving core. And yeah, it hasn't been I don't know good what's to look at anymore. Yeah. Everyone's basically been hurt. And one of the biggest things is normally in the NFL, you know, you play on Sundays. Normally the guys get Monday and Tuesdays off and it's, they're practicing less and less and doing less and less like tackling type drills or physical drills during practice. And they had all that in the CBA, yeah. but for Alan Lazard to be in the building on Monday, He's totally in there getting treatment when he's in a sling, or else he will well, be hanging out. They come in on Monday, Tuesday. I have fully off. Tuesday yeah. is when they aren't in the building at all. Monday, you come back and they watch film, and then yeah, they, yeah. So they're in on Monday, but they he's just, he's one hundred percent there getting treatment because he's in a sling. Like yeah, and and probably watching film and whatnot too. That's a Monday day. Tuesday how, Tuesday is completely off for all can, the NFL teams. How can your how can your number one receiver, Al Lazard, who we know is really a true three on a good receiving core? He has now missed a game with a foot. Yep. And now who knows if he's in a sling. Yeah. Isn't a sling. His reporter saw him. He just won't talk to him. No, anyone. no, I'm saying who knows if he plays if he's in a sling oh, now. If, yeah, if he continues to be in one. I know. And that's the thing. It's That's your one. Your number two is basically like a well, take your pick, Sammy Watkins <laughs> or Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb is out two IR. to six weeks with the high ankle sprain. Yeah, they put him on the IR. Then your number three, we'll just say it, is Sam Watkins. Sammy Watkins was out for, what, over a month with a hamstring, and then it looks like he might have aggravated it last weekend. looks slow. Christian Watson, your second-round pick that you used both of your second-round picks on, he's been out for a while and missed training camp with a knee and a hamstring. Mm -hmm. That's your top four guys. And then it's Romeo Dobbs who... Yeah, but he's been inconsistent. Now you're asking a guy that's a fourth-round pick out of Nevada (laughs) to come in and basically be your number one, number two receiver because everyone else has been hurt? That's unrealistic. And then you got Samari Toure making his first catch who, like, should be on the practice squad. Or Jawan Winfrey, who's basically been a practice squad guy his entire career. And who everyone wants caught Amari Rodgers. He's out there playing wide receiver at the end of those games. Making some catches, though, and, and dropping some balls. But the thing with Amari Rodgers, his profile coming out of college was like, he will be a good special teamer, punt and kick return. <laughs> that hasn't come out to be true. And then he was also going to be a guy that would would be a the slot receiver. Cub. And you got to get him the football close to the line of scrimmage. Like, he wasn't a guy that ran a ton of routes, 
downfield against good competition at Clemson. So that means, uh, obviously, when it's ratcheted up in the NFL, he's going to be a guy that has to catch the football close to the line of scrimmage. So if you bring him in and you have to use him, now you're running passes that are less than five yards. I mean, who's stretching the defense? Nobody. And then we got a good point here up on Twitch.tv from Tries. He says, and then the Packers will still only run the ball 15 times. 15 15 times if we're lucky. They did 12 times. Man, they did 12 times. If Watkins, if Watkins hamstring did flare up and Lazard's out with that arm injury and a sling, could you imagine trotting into Buffalo, uh, a high powered <laughs> offense who, by the way, Buffalo is the, is, is the number one passing offense in the league. They're ballers. They're the number one rushing defense in the league. So imagine trotting into Buffalo where Lazard, Watkins, Cobb, and Watson are all out, and your receivers are Dobbs, Toure, <laughs> Winfrey, Amari Rogers. Are you kidding me? And then you don't even really run the football, but if you do against Buffalo on paper, Buffalo's the number one team against the run. God. Oh my God. You wonder why it's ten and a half points. Blood, they can smell now what the uh I guess we'll have to wait for more Buffalo news on Will Buffalo be favored by more come Sunday? Buffalo did get a nice win against Kansas City, but got a bye last week. Yep. Extra time to prep for these turds. Will will it stay at ten and a half or will it be more by Sunday for the Green Bay Packers? Well, I can go and look and see how the uh the yeah, money and go, tickets are coming in. Go look at the market, Rowdy. Uh Rowdy, I'm gonna do another Twitter poll today. Brian Gutekunst, Matt LaFleur, Aaron Rodgers. Who do you blame the most? Uh, Nate, right out the gates, Brian Gutekunst. A lot of people uh, coming around to starting to blame the GM now. And losing does that. Losing brings out a lot of uh, people that get a little upset about everything. In my mind, that's a pretty easy question. Uh, I'll let me put the Twitter poll up, but who is it? Matt LaFleur. <laughs> Hell yeah, Rowdy. And uh, the reason why it's Matt LaFleur in my mind, real busy quick, doing his eyebrows. is Aaron Rodgers is a four-time MVP, a Super Bowl champion, one of the best throwers of the football to ever play the game. Clearly one of the most talented quarterbacks in the league and has been for the last 15 years. Yes. Obviously from what we've seen early in the season when they've had success, cause you've still seen some of the success that they've had, like him, him throwing that deep ball perfectly to Christian Watson week one, very first play, right? Like you've still seen, yeah, I just beautiful, see Rogers drop that. You, you've still seen beautiful throws where, now, granted, he's had some bad ones. Has he played up to the level of his MVP self the last two seasons? No, no, no. no. But it's this isn't Drew Brees at the end of his career in New Orleans who couldn't throw the football 40 yards. This isn't Peyton Manning at the end of his career who was basically audibling at the line and couldn't throw the football down the field 10 yards. Omaha. Like, he hasn't fallen apart like that. He's, he can still make all of those throws. Now, is he frustrated like he has been in the past? Yeah. For sure. Would you blame him? Nope. I think a lot of people in this situation would want to throttle the wide receivers. Yeah. And Gutekunst, I'm not really going to blame Gutekunst because if you're building the team, like I get he could have done things that are better. I wish. And he could have got a wide receiver. I wish he would have went and got a wide receiver. I wish he would have made a trade and, and got a wide receiver. But I get it. And also, if the general manager and the head coach and we'll say Mark Murphy are supposed to be kind of in this triangle of power. Oh, should I put Mark Murphy on the list? He, uh, 
Wouldn't you think they would be on the same page when going after some of the players, or at least with the philosophies at which they want to play with? Yeah. And if he gets you a roster with limited talent at the wide receiver position and a lot of the talent that's going to have to grow and get better, a.k.a. Watson and Dobbs, wouldn't you think, hmm, we're kind of more of a running team when we have two good running backs. Wouldn't we run the football more because we're built to run the football more than we are to pass it downfield? But yet they're not running the football with the personnel that they have. Oh, I got some good Matt LaFleur clips about them not running the football from yesterday. It's pretty funny. Well, it's like, imagine imagine having the complete opposite. Imagine having, like, this star-studded receiving core that the GM gave you where you have, like, four all-pro wide receivers and an amazing tight end. And the next thing you know, all your head coach wants to do is run the football. But, but your two running backs are terrible. Yeah. Like... It doesn't make any sense. Oh, the Twitter poll is up right now. We got some time to talk about it today. We're here till 10 o'clock. Brian Gutekunst, Matt LaFleur, Aaron Rodgers. Who do you blame the most for the team struggles, Packer fans? Go back to the phones. Already blown up again. Line one, good morning. Hey, boys, Kyle. Yo, Kyle, what's happening, brother? Yeah, you know where I'm going, Matt LaFraud, man. It's all on him. I mean, this offense is super stagnant. Uh, you know you, you know what you were given um, as far as draft picks and all that good stuff. You know what you have in your weapons. And you also know who you have at the realm, uh, being Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And everybody wants to kind of throw Rodgers under the bus. I mean, let's let's put it this way. You know, you're used to playing with all these great receivers, guys you can trust. I mean, his best friend just left the team, and now he's stuck with a bunch of college frickin' wide receivers. I mean, let's face it, that's what they are. Yeah. Randall, Cobb's, Randall Cobb's washed up. He's not anything what he used to be. Yeah, he might be in shape, but anybody can get in shape. <laughs> I mean, even even the fat guy on the couch can get off the couch and get in shape. I mean, come on. Yeah. It doesn't mean you can still play football. Yeah. And Cobb's you know, hurt, hurt now. He's up for a while, so not even. These these wide receivers, I, I how can they not stay healthy? I, I get it. It's high pace. It's, it's, you know, physical gain. But why are some guys so good at staying healthy and others just can't? And the Packers always seem to get these guys that are just yeah, charming soft and it, it it's extremely frustrating. And I hope this Romeo Dobbs can really start to mount and, and, and get Rogers trust because I think he might be the answer. I mean, he's the only glimmer. Of hope he's, he's, he's like, he's like has to be, he's the only one out there that's... but just think about that, Kyle, we are pinning all of our hope on a wide receiver. Now that you right. could have argued at the beginning of the year was your at best fourth, fifth wide receiver. He's coming out of a non-Power 5 school of Nevada, yeah. and he wasn't highly touted in the draft. Kyle, it's it's Who knows? it's dire straits right now, but it's there's still time. There's a lot of parity, I guess, in the in the league. So a lot of teams four and three, three and four. It's pretty crazy. And, and like Nathan said, the shotgun crap, it's got to stop, and, and we got to start running the ball. Yeah. And Matt LaFleur, I hope you're listening because – Oh, he is. The masses are coming for you, my friend. They're going to want your head on a stick. <laughs> Let's go. Let's it's go. Time to get back to Packer football. Hell yeah, Kyle. Good, good, good stuff to, uh, at six twenty-three in the morning. I love it, dude. I'm fired up. Have a good day. You too, buddy. <laughs> yeah, let's go. One of these days, I love it. This would be uh, Notorious B.I.G. featuring uh, D.M.C. with "My Downfall." Great song off of "Life After Death." Great album. Now they say, uh, Biggie did say, they pray and pray for my downfall. My question for Grant Bills of the Wisco Sports right away. Are we seeing the downfall, Grant, of Aaron Rodgers, Matt LaFleur, the Green Bay Packers, or are we just in a little skid right now? Good morning. 
Good morning, Evo. Uh, I, man, I don't know. Rogers is 39. We do kind of forget about that. I, I don't know about LaFleur, though. It seems like he had a much better touch the last couple of seasons. Although maybe it's easier to have a good touch as a head coach when your quarterback is playing better and mm. obviously everything is going well. I don't know. I hope not. I hope it's just a bad month, but I don't know. What do you think? I'm asking the questions here, Grant. No, <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, to me, I think Lafleur. Uh, what you're seeing is what he's going to be like with life after Rogers, a coach who, uh, as I think Rowdy, you described as a dime a dozen yesterday, potentially. Well, I feel like Grant, when you look at Matt Lafleur, and yeah. I would say since 2019, a lot of the backlash that Matt Lafleur has gotten is well, maybe that he's soft. The other one might mm-hmm. be. He doesn't make adjustments, especially after his first, say, 20, 30 scripted plays. And you've seen that when he doesn't come out with a game plan and it doesn't work, it feels like that game gets away from the Packers really quickly. And then when he does come up with a good game plan, but the other team adjusts at halftime, he never really has an answer. Yeah. Now take away yeah. having now take away having one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. I feel like you have a ton of coaches that don't have an Aaron Rodgers type quarterback talent and they don't make adjustments. They become meh NFL head coaches. Yeah, He's never been good at hiring coordinators for the most part. And in some of the biggest games, the Packers have played their offensive line is set up all wonky, whether they're starting Dennis Kelly or like Matt Lewis has always been prone to making mistakes. And I, we've seen that. And I understand, you know, if Rodgers is an elite, we're going to see some of those mistakes are going to be more obvious. What's frustrating to me is this team, like, I don't know, they just seem rotten to the core. I don't mean that well, in like a personal with the way. Core, Grant, they don't, they don't, they don't with, have any light. With the core, we also have a poll going on right now, Matt LaFleur, Aaron Rodgers, or who do you blame the most, or Brian Gutekunst, who is the person who is, assembles the team. What would Grant Bill say? Who do you blame the most right now for the team struggles, Goody, LaFleur, or Rodgers? I was looking at your poll question on Twitter about 20 minutes ago, and I was trying to figure out what I would answer if you asked me, because I figured you would. I assume it's Rodgers um, for you. No, I, I think it's probably... I know you're not a Rodgers guy. I, I assume it's Rodgers. I, I think right now, probably LaFleur, because this team just has no life, and that's got to be on LaFleur. Like, I, we could talk about how you know, they could use another wide receiver or the wide receivers they have aren't playing well or Rodgers isn't having a great season. But at the core of it, you watch his team, though. Isn't their biggest issue that they just look dead inside? They don't look like they're <laughs> amped up. They don't look like they're excited to go out and play. And that falls on Matt LaFleur. At least a lot of it does, don't you think? Uh, when I see, like, you know, people that, like, I always have a an eyebrow raise when people say, oh, the head coach isn't motivating his team. Like, these guys get paid millions of dollars. Like, their whole life needed to motivate themselves to get to the position they're in. But, you know, at Agreed. the end of the day, Matt LaFleur is the head of the team. Like, it's his team, you know. So, I, I kind of lean Brian Gutekunst right now, but I'll, I'm in between Goody and LaFleur. I haven't Grant, voted. I'm curious how you feel about Brian Gutekunst right now because – some would say UW he Lacrosse hasn't alone. gotten enough weapons for Aaron Rodgers or Matt LaFleur to be successful on the outside at the receiver position or even at the tight end position outside of Bob Tunyon, who was coming back from an ACL. But at the same time, yeah. I would argue, yeah, but if he developed this team to be more of a running team and Matt LaFleur continues to run the football 12 times a game, isn't that on the coach sure. that's not going against what he has on the roster? Well, then, you know, maybe Aaron Rodgers. So, Brian Gutekunst wants one th- one thing. 
then Matt LaFleur tries to do another. And then Aaron Rodgers might be trying to do another version of what Matt LaFleur is trying to do, right? So there's there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen. What, what I think about Brian Gutekunst, uh, let me try to use an analogy here. When when me and my siblings were young, right, we'd have a babysitter in the summer. We'd have a, we had a nanny. We were a nanny family. Ooh, and oh, what man. would normally happen is my mom would leave a list of chores. And then she would come home at the end of the day. And sometimes we wouldn't have done any of the chores. And she would get into the entryway. And she'd look around and be like, so what did you guys do today? Like, what have you been doing? And I kind of feel like that with Brian Gutekunst right now, looking at the Packers wide receiving core. It's like, hey, Goody, the last good wide receiver you drafted was Devontae Adams. What have you been doing for the last six years? Like, in the draft, like, have you just not had any interest in (laughs) trying to get any good pass catchers? Because this group stinks. And it's not just this offseason. Like, that's something that you build year after year after year because you want to be developing guys and always – that's what they do with O-line. They don't do it with wide receiver. I, I don't know what he's been doing for the last couple of years. Well, Grant, I mean, just when Devontae Adams leaves, right, you know, you have a, you're the best wide receiver in the game just left your team. And you go out yeah. and you wait yep. to in the second round to get a guy from North Dakota State. And then you get a fourth round wide receiver, and you don't do anything. I mean, you brought in Sammy Watkins, who you know is always hurt, and you got the ghost of Randall Cobb. That was an Aaron Rodgers guy, obviously. Uh, to me, that's the yeah. analogy of like you know Brian Gutekunst is you know telling you what to do with your car. He's like, well, you see, you got four nice tires here. I want to take one of those tires and put your donut on, and then you're gonna yeah. drive around it all year. and It's gonna be fine. Like that's kind of vibe I get. I, I, I lean Brian Gutekunst right now. I'm leaning him to the floor. I'll vote coming up here, but Grant. Can the Packers make the playoffs? Can they turn it around? What is your belief? The NFC stinks. Yeah. This year is so weird. When was the last time? I feel like we always, we're always saying some version of this. Like, well, the Packers lost, but the NFC isn't good. Or the NFC is wide open. I feel like during stretches of last season, we even thought that. But really, it's the Eagles and no one else. Guys, the Giants aren't good. The Giants keep winning games, but the Giants are not a great team. Neither the Commanders, neither the Jets. Like, the Packers have lost to a bunch of really, really excuse me, really bummy teams the last few weeks that make me believe that this team stinks and is not a playoff team, but who's running away with the NFC? You know what I mean? I'm not even sure that the Vikings are going to run away from the North. Maybe they come back from the bye and lose two of three. So I still think they can make the playoffs, but they have a lot of work to do. They need to sit down and really tweak their offense. Joe Barry needs to continue to do (laughs) more things to the defense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he needs to find some berries. And it might include Brian Gutekind needing to make a move, and I don't know if he wants to do that. Packers 10.5-point underdogs Sunday night, Buffalo. Do they win? Do the Packers win? I don't think they're going to win. I think they're going to play really good. <laughs> I, don't, don't, don't you feel like they're just going to come out and play an awesome game, and they're going to look like the team we've wanted them to be, and they're going to lose anyways because they're in Buffalo. But what's frustrating is the game that they will play on Sunday – Will would have been good enough to win any of the last three games. I, I think that's how it's going to go, and it's going to be really frustrating. Hey, Grant, uh, one last question before we unfortunately let you go. Yeah. The worst part of my day yeah. is letting you go. Uh, the, the Bucks 2-0, Giannis, you know, dropping big-time points Saturday against the Rockets. Like, how are we feeling about the start of the NBA season in our Milwaukee Bucks? Dude, I'm having a blast. Bucks Sixers, their first game last Thursday was great. Um, I had a wedding on Saturday, but I was watching the score, and it was perfect because the game was never really that close, and I could just kind of watch all the points that Giannis is putting up. The start of the NBA season has been great. The Celtics got rocked last night. Mm. The Timberwolves got rocked. My girlfriend's dad is a huge Vikings Minnesota sports fan, and he's been making fun of me about the Packers for weeks. But I know he loves the Timberwolves. I've been watching the Wolves. They've lost to the Jazz, and they lost to the Spurs last night. So that makes me happy. I am just, I, I am thrilled. And the Bucks look awesome. The Bucks look like the team that, 
didn't suspend their head coach and maintained their roster and has the best player in the world. Like the Bucks look like the team they should look like. <sighs> yep. We just got to wait it out for those uh, freaking playoffs, you know? Uh, and Grant, what's coming up here on the Wisco Sports Show? The way you worded that, the, the way you said that made it sound like you're fishing for something specific or are you just asking about tonight's show? Both. Free preview. Well, tonight we have our guy, Mike Clements, who goes hard in the paint. As we, <laughs> like Waka uh, Flocka? Yeah, I got, I got Waka Flocka Clements coming up today at 9.32. Waka Flocka. I, I, I've been trying to think of funny nicknames for him, but I also don't know if he's the kind Flocka. of guy who would appreciate funny nicknames. Oh, I dropped the G I unit. Know. I dropped the G unit reference on him. And he had no idea what I was talking about. I, I, expe- I didn't expect yeah, him to. I, I, I feel like I could drop a nickname on him and he'll just move. Well, you right said he past went hard it. in the paint. Waka Flocka Flame. Flocka. He goes yeah, hard yeah, in the paint. Yeah. Yeah. So Mike you know Clemens is coming up tonight. Um, maybe do Club NFL because the Bears looked awesome last night. We should probably talk about that. It's really funny that the Bears and the Packers are both three and four, and yet Packers fans want to jump off a bridge, and Bears fans are like, "Oh, look at this team! They're, they could be frisky. This is fun." Yeah. And right? well, so I, the the reason yeah. why I ask, I know you're, I know it's still a couple weeks off, but mm. a lot of hype building around the Wisco Sports Show leading up to a big show coming up here. You want to tell the folks, we'll prime it a little bit. About a, oh. a certain a certain uh, vessel that may or may not have sank. Uh, well, as big freighters go, Ebo, it was bigger than most. Of course, we're talking about the Edmund Fitzgerald, uh, <laughs> and that will be the first weekend in November. I actually, I actually interviewed a guy for the show yesterday, um, who is a shipwreck guy. He's done stuff for the Discovery Channel, really? all these other um, PBS. Yeah, and he's he's dove under five hundred wrecks in the Great Lakes, including. The Edmund Fitzgerald itself in 1995. So you'll wow. hear that story, and that wow. will be uh, that'll be coming up. And if the Packers keep losing like this, we might need to do more shows on shipwreck because this is boring. This <laughs> <laughs> uh, Grant, love it. I just saw you uh, hyping up on your Twitter account uh, last night about the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. People, people getting really pumped up about the show. November 10th. November 10th. Well. Well, that's, it's the same with Neil Diamond Week. You just need to tell people they're excited, and eventually they'll just come around and get excited. Yeah, we're always excited. We're always excited to listen to the Wisco Sports Show. We love you, buddy. Hey, it was nice to chat with you guys. Have an awesome day. See you, buddy. There he is. Grant Phil's Wisco Sports yeah. Show. See you. Four to six, my man. The Packers ran the ball 12 times. Eight to Aaron Jones, four to A.J. Dillon. Rowdy... Aaron Jones, one of the best running backs in the game. Now, he did catch the ball. Most target wide receiver. He got a touchdown, you know. Uh, A.J. Dillon, what does A.J. Dillon even do for the Packers anymore? Well, he runs it about a handful of times and maybe has a catch or two, and that's about it. But, like, the thing with Aaron Jones is he's proved since 2020 that he can definitely catch the football out of the backfield. Remember the game where... They were playing the Kansas City Chiefs in 2020, I believe it was, and Devontae Adams was out, and we're like, who the hell is Aaron Rodgers going to throw the football to? All of a sudden, they came up with different ways, putting Aaron Jones in motion and getting him the ball, putting him in the slot, getting him the football. They were creative with him. Exactly, and without Devontae Adams, which they're playing with, out Devontae Adams all year, they found ways to get him the football and make him an integral part of the offense. And when he's your best playmaker, you have to do that. And they won that game. They did. In fact, when Devonta Adams was out a couple years ago for four games, Aaron Jones was used nonstop. And they won, I think, four games in a row without Devontae. Uh, memory surgery, maybe it was three and one at the time. And now you're having the same head coach that did that, Matt LaFleur. Same guy that put him in motion. 
handed him the football, yeah. put him in the slot, threw it to him, is now not even realizing that he's not getting that many touches in games. Matt LaFleur was asked about it yesterday at the podium as they were uh, you know, back to, to the media of today off. But Matt LaFleur was asked, hey, why do the Packers only run a total of 12 run plays combined between Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon versus the Commanders? Take a listen. Well, first of all, they counted a couple of those uh, runs as as passes. I, I was... It's like, man, we targeted Aaron Jones 10 times in the past game. Um, but two of those for sure were so. And one was a 12-yard gain. The other was an 8-yard gain. But really when you look at it, because trust me, I've, I've gone back and looked at every call very, very critically in terms of, you know, run it, pass it, whatever. And um, I think we... I'm going to pause it. Does it sound like a guy who's really grasping at straws for an answer right yeah, now? Yeah, it doesn't Robbie? sound super confident. Does it sound like a guy that like just trying to make some BS up on the spot? We had 40 plays before we went into two-minute mode, you know, and of those 40 plays, I want to say we have 18 run called. Now, we're, we're some of those we threw the run solutions, which were, were pretty effective. We did it. Um, Do you ever notice anything being effective for the offense? Not really after the first quarter. So, like, come on. matter of fact, on the on the lone touchdown drive, our second drive of the game, we hit Allen on a little uh, stab route um, where Romeo did a great job cracking the safety coming down and and got like a twelve yard gain on. Can you replay that again? Just where he's talking about the number of run plays called. Now we're, we're some forty plays before we went into two minute mode. You know, and. Of those 40 plays, I want to say we have 18 run called. Now, we're, we're, some of those we threw the run solutions, which were, were. So 18 runs were called. They had 12 total rushes. Mm-hmm. So that means there's six left over. Mm-hmm. He says that two of them in which Aaron Jones got the football, they were actually rushes, but they counted, counted it as pass. Yeah. So that makes it four. Four plays left over where I guess you would say Aaron Rodgers changed the call. Because sure. everyone's we're always wondering how many times Rogers. has Rodgers changed the call. So so four of those plays that were rushes, he changed the call? Yeah. That doesn't seem like that many in a course of a fourth quarter or a four quarter game. No. That's one change rushing a call quarter. a quarter. And wouldn't you think a guy like Aaron Rodgers who is very smart and cerebral and can read defenses, you'd be that's why I do RPOs like, okay, if you see it. Call it how you want. And then Matt LaFleur even said on top of that, some of them were the run pass solution, yep. which gives the cerebral quarterback you just mentioned, Aaron yep. Rodgers, the four-time MVP, the two-time reigning MVP, the opportunity to run or pass. So uh, the four... Rodgers changed four calls then. Yeah, the four calls that were changed that weren't options... So Rogers That's one a quarter and Rogers looks at Matt LaFleur twice during the game that we saw on TV broadcast says, what the F are we doing? But people want to blame Aaron Rodgers. And you think about it even more LaFleur. at a minimum. Oh, okay. at a minimum, you're probably going to get about what? Two possessions a quarter. Yeah. Two possessions a quarter. So he changed one play on one possession. And people want to blame Aaron Rodgers. But he's sticking with one, the little one play on one out of your two possessions each quarter. Let's hear more from this this freaking coach of ours. Pretty effective. We did it, um, 
matter of fact, on the on the lone touchdown drive, our second drive of the game, we hit Allen on a little uh, stab route um, where Romeo did a great job cracking the safety coming down and and got like a 12 yard gain on that. So. Um, and, and just looking at the effectiveness of those run solutions, every one of them was, was effective. So I want him to, to take those opportunities. But, um, you know, you've got to do a better job. We've we got to do a better job on third down. The Packers didn't convert one single third down. First time since 1999 that that happened. Yeah, that's inexcusable. Yeah. And you're right. Are your runs going to get limited a little bit more when you're sitting there and you're in first and 20 or you're – and second and 16, uh, I want to say it was the third series maybe, we started off with a run and we lose six yards right off the, right off the jump. Uh, matter of fact, we tried to run it after that, ironically enough. We ran a draw and we got called for holding, so now it's you know second and 25. It's just we put ourselves in so many bad situations that we, we, it was hard to get it going. And... <laughs> Um, you know, it's more about we, we did try to get 33 the ball in other ways. Uh, Aaron Jones to him on the second play of the game. Then we definitely spit it out to him a little bit in the past game. What about when it was fourth and one and they decided to throw to Romeo Dobbs instead of give it to AJ Dillon? Remember that? Yeah, that didn't make any sense. But you would say, Ebo, that this Green Bay Packers team I last season I can't hear from Ladud anymore. I'm, I'm was a Super Bowl contender, correct? Yes. Now they might have flubbed in the playoffs and lost that game to San Francisco, but they were definitely a Super Bowl contender, correct? Correct. This 2022 team is basically that exact team for the most part, but wouldn't you say that on paper their defense is better? Yes, that's what we were told too. The only thing where you really look at this team where you say, well, they actually got worse was probably wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Everything else you would say is probably the same or better, but yet they're not playing very well. Now, we talked about this, how it's a little alarming that you had three games that looked like they were supposed to be three winnable games, the easy easy part part of your your schedule. schedule. You had the Giants in London, you had the Jets at home, and then you were at the Commanders. Yep. Well, one of those teams, the New York Giants, the team that you were beating up in the first half and then had an awful second half and then ended up fumbling the game away and you giving it to, to London. the New York Giants in London. They're six and one. You would you would we we're talking about the sky falling for the Green Bay Packers at three and four. A lot of people have been screaming. I was included on this, especially when it was like the first three, four, five games. Giants are pretty fraudulent. Yeah. Didn't think they were very good. Now all of a sudden you look up, they're six and one. Keep winning, finding ways to win. But here's the thing. The Giants have had injuries to their receiving core. The Giants, when you look at their receiving core, here are some of the names. Kenny Galladay. The guy's been injured like every game the last two, three years. Mm-hmm. Has not played. Kadarius Tony, they're one of their first round picks a couple years ago. He's been banged up. Hasn't really played much. Wandell Robinson, another one of their top 100 picks. He's been banged up. Hasn't played every single game this year. Richie James, another guy that's a fourth, fifth wide receiver on your roster. He's had a hammy. Darius Slayton, he's become MIA after kind of coming out of nowhere. I think it was in like 2020. Marcus Johnson, I don't even know who he is. <laughs> David Sills, good receiver in college, a 5'6 receiver in the NFL. 
What I'm getting at is all of their guys that are names, they've been hurt. Plus, they've had a lot of injuries on top of it. You look at the receiving core that they're playing with, it's not very good. Look at their quarterback. Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones is the quarterback. Clearly, Aaron Rodgers is better than him. Mm-hmm. Saquon Barkley, he's a player, but he's always hurt. He's been healthy this year, but when he's healthy, he's good. He's a beast. Same thing with Aaron Jones, but here's the thing. The Giants are 6-1, and one, Ebo, and they don't have one receiver on their roster that even has 200 yards receiving this season. Wow. So you talk about the Packers not having a receiving core. The Giants don't have one guy that has 200 yards. Yet the Giants are finding ways to win with no receiver with 200 yards receiving, Saquon Barkley, and Daniel Jones. Now, you know what the Giants do really, really well? Run the football. Mm-hmm. They're actually the best team in the NFL running the football. Now, it does help that David Jones can run a little bit, but he's got he's had a bad wheel. It's not like he's 100% yeah, healthy. Daniel Jones got an ankle Nicked up ankle. Saquon Barkley has been healthy. That's a big thumbs up. Yep. But you know what the one big difference is? They've given Saquon Barkley the football 20 to 30 times a game. Yeah. They We're talking Aaron about Aaron Jones and times. A.J. Dillon combined aren't even getting to 20 to 30 times a game. They combined for 12. And and again, we we knew going in that this team wasn't going to have a bunch of star receivers. We knew that. They were talking about the defense being top five and the receiving core being bottom five. And how we could have maybe the best duo of running backs in the league. Exactly, but you're not running the football. So we, and Aaron Rodgers isn't changing all of these plays to pass plays. He just told you the numbers. You know what? I haven't voted in the Twitter poll yet. Go to Zone Madison, and you can vote who's the biggest problem right now for the Packers. Is it Brian Gutekunst? Is it Matt LaFleur? Is it Aaron Rodgers? I'm just, you just convinced me. I don't even think you tried to convince me. It's Matt LaFleur. And the, how about this? It's last, Matt LaFleur. With, last year with their receiving core, do you think that receiving core was great? It had Devontae Adams, but take away Adams. Was that receiving core great? I mean... If you take away Devontae, no. Exactly. It wasn't good. But how come last year, now Adams might help draw some attention, but how comes last year, Matt LaFleur's offense, they were scheming guys open all the time. Yeah. And that actually looked like an offense that was could do something. Well, that was also with Robert, big Bobby Tunyon. He tore his knee up. He was hurt. That takes away one of your weapons that's back now. Yep. Now, obviously, Adams was there, and that helps. But still, there were guys coming open. Now it seems like no one's really open, and then when they are open, they're dropping footballs mm-hmm. or the occasional bad throw from Aaron Rodgers. But those guys are not coming open the same way they did in 2019, 2020, 2021. You see Rodgers bitching at LaFleur. You see LaFleur saying, oh, that's on me. I didn't have a good game plan. I can't believe we didn't get Aaron Jones more touches. Dude, you're in charge. Yeah, you're the guy. Yes. You are the offensive coordinator, whether you're not actually the offensive coordinator. In my mind, you're the OC if you're calling the plays. Yeah. You're the head coach. And it all goes through you. It's LaFleur. It's like, you know what you have. Why? Two. Once you think that we would have saw more of the arguments between Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur and the what the Fs are we doing yeah. 2019 when they were brand new, first starting to work together, not in 2022 when they've already had three seasons together. Yeah, this looks like and, Brent- it's, and it And it went well the first three years. Yeah. We knew the receivers weren't going to be good. We knew that. You, remember, there were people saying bottom five receiving core, top five defense, top five running back yeah. duo. Yeah. 
Well, why if there's a top five running back duo and a bottom five receiving core and your receiving core is even worse now because it's hurt, (laughs) are you not running the football? It makes no sense. And the offensive line has actually graded out as being pretty decent it makes no sense. when it comes to run blocking. Twelve carries. And not as good when it comes to pass blocking. Hey, we're gonna have the best wide res- or we're gonna have the best running back duo in the in the country coming up, so we're gonna run it twelve. Everything times. points to running the football 12 times. but you're refusing to do so. All right, phone line's blowing up. Line one, good morning. All right. One second. Line two, good morning. Hey boys, real quick, you wanna know what the difference between the Giants and the Packers is? Coaching. That's the, it. The, yeah, Brian Dayball has come in and all of a sudden made Daniel Jones good, or at least solid and serviceable. He's running He's the football good. because that they don't have great wide receivers and they're hurt. Kind of the same thing like the Packers, and their defense has been serviceable. You would argue on paper the Packers' defense is way better than the Giants. Correct, and that's what I'm saying. The difference is Dayball does what his team is capable of, um, LaFleur tries to get cute, and he probably spends too much time grooming his eyebrows. Yep, I'm a big biter in that. Get off the eyebrows, LaFleur. We love you, Paulie. Later, boys. Line three, good morning. Uh, this is Pete from Monona. What's up, my man? I, well, if, if you guys want to use the Wisconsin ground and pound offense for for the uh, – uh, Packers. Well, and you're talking about that, you know, passing. I mean, not running the ball 80 times and and not. Pete, they ran the ball make 12 sense. times. You know, I, I, then you. What doesn't make sense is to pay one player 48 million dollars. You can, if you just want them to hand off the ball, you can spend spread that money around for more linemen. You know, for more, uh, for more. Uh, well, Lafleur said he wants know. to go 50 50. You know, 50 percent run, 50 percent pass. It's like and 80 percent pass, 20 percent. You're lucky to run the ball. Do you? Do you? And you really think that their record would be better? Yes. If they ran the football more, yes, because you play to your strengths. If you're running the football 30 times a game and you're starting to get make some waves with it, that's going to open up the field for the lesser receivers. Well, not if they can't catch, not if they run the ball, run the wrong route. And the, th- and the thing about him, you know, I mean, you, you got, I don't know what you, you guys got a thing about the, the Packers administration starting from, you know, the president, you know, but I, since uh, 2011, they've been to the Super Bowl one time yeah. and with two different coaches. And there's one guy that's been there the whole time and he makes the most money. That's why, that's why it's his fault. Because he's taking up most of the salary cap, and they're not, and and they and they don't, they haven't. Not only have they not won another Super Bowl, they haven't gotten there. So you know, yeah, it's it, you know, if you make the most money, if you demand to be the assistant general manager, and as a player, then it's your fault. Oh, Pete, sir. Yes. Oh, oh, I thought he. Uh, I thought he hung up too. I was, I was, I was waiting. No, I mean, Aaron Rodgers takes blame in it too. There's no doubt about it. But Matt Lafleur is. Like, they ran the ball. Pete, you would agree that a team should play to their strengths, correct? I don't know what this Packers. Well, wait a minute. Yeah, it, that might be their strength. It may not. Their their lines all messed up. But the thing is that I mean, you guys are everybody's all you know. You're all mad about this stuff because you overestimated what the their job. talent is. You've been fanboy and you got stars in your eyes. They just may not be that good. There might be a reason why they only scored ten points. You know, in Lambeau against San Francisco, who also well, didn't yeah, make it to the, to the Super they're, Bowl. They're not good. Like that's obvious, right? No, but you know? but I you know I mean yeah 
the, the savage, the coach, you know. Who Here's why they're not good, though. Here's why they're not good. And then all, all of a sudden he's a dumbbell. You know, that's what doesn't make sense to me. They're not good because they don't use their best player right now, and that's Aaron Jones. Okay, well, you know, uh, you can really trick them if well, – well, let me put it this way. Yeah. Saquon Barkley, how many times have the Giants been to the, to, uh, the Super Bowl with Saquon Barkley? I mean, you know, that's such a tricky offense that you can put eight in the box and say, go ahead, run it. Go ahead. And I'd also argue that they've only had seven games under Brian Dayball, who's turned them all around. Uh, well, so far, we don't know. And besides, this is the regular season. You fanboys get all, uh, you know, <laughs> excited about all these statistics that they make up in the, in the regular season when they're playing their weak competition. And when they play, go to the playoffs and play somebody good, they don't do so well. Yeah. Yeah. It's a part of being a Packers fan, I guess, Pete. Yeah, take it easy. <laughs> see, see, Pete. Uh, good morning, who's this? Good morning. Yeah, what's going on? Hey, this is Matt, the UW Drumline Director. Ah, Matt, what's going on, dude? What's going on? Hey, you know what? I'm driving to the to the office right now, going down to university, and I'm listening like I do every morning. We appreciate you. And there's a, well, I appreciate you guys. There's a parallel between Matt Lafleur, and this is, might sound a little weird, and Duke Ellington. <laughs> Duke <laughs> Ellington, check this out. All right, I'm listening. Duke I'm listening. Ellington. Duke Ellington did not have the most virtuosic players in his band. What he did is he saw the strengths in them and wrote and composed for their specific strengths. That's what made them amazing. And we're not seeing that with LaFleur right now. No. That's what he needs to be thinking about. Man. Uh, I'm not, you know, I'm a musician. I'm not a football I, player. Dude, but what I an analogy. A beautiful, beautiful analogy. Yeah, man. Well, also, what about that touch? I'm not... That they gave Purdue that wasn't even in. The oh end. my God! You, you should have been. Right there. You should have been beating the drums, pun intended, <laughs> to get them back exactly. to the replay booth to tell to, to give us a reason what they saw. That was no way. That was oh a touchdown. God. I was standing right there, right there on the side of the end zone. It was <laughs> terrible. It was terrible. Anyways, hey, keep yeah. keep the analogies coming. I love it, brother. Well, for <laughs> a music analogy on the goal line, I think you could have extended your trombone and you still would have been short. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. You hey, got that right. Man, we love you, brother. Thanks okay. so much. Okay, guys. Yeah. Thanks. Hey, buddy, that's awesome. Winning's too easy. Winning is too easy. You know, I mean, everyone's saying kumbaya and have a good time losing. That's when you get the spice. Let's go back to the phones, our guy. Uh, Rich in Evansville, what's going on, my man? Hey, fellas. Hey, hey, for- I did a little uh, analysis of the uh, scoring by quarters yeah, for the yeah. Packers and their opponents. Yeah. And, uh, I got the phone out in front of me here, so I hope you can hear me. But uh, we hear you great. First quarter, Green Bay thirty-seven, opponents twenty-six. Second quarter, Green Bay sixty-two, opponents thirty-four. Hmm. Third quarter, and this is a big one, Green Bay fourteen, opponents forty-three. <laughs> Fourth quarter, Green Bay twenty-six, opponents forty-eight. Wow. So that gives you a couple uh, possibilities of what's going on. For one thing, because we're probably not calling the right uh, or making the right adjustments after halftime, right. our defense is on the field way too long. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Rich, you. Oops, sorry. Ahead. I was going to say, Rich, you pointing out those stats, it clearly to me says Matt LaFleur is pretty good at scripting and game plan for the most, po- for the most uh, points. 
But first half. then at, at halftime, when the defense makes adjustments, he never makes any adjustments. And then again, it all kind of crumbles and goes downhill. I agree. I agree. And that's kind of what I was getting at. I, you got it right in the head there. Yep. So uh, anyway, food for thought. And uh, I love your show. Hey, appreciate you. Thanks so much. We love Evansville, too. OK, good all stuff. Right. All right. See you, see you buddy. But doesn't it's it? the floor. And, and it makes sense that. Because you know they normally script out, what is it, 20 to 30 plays? He's a bum! Their first, at least first 15 to, to 20, 25 plays are always scripted out. Mm-hmm. Well, you're really good in the first quarter, like Rich just said, and you're really good in the second quarter. Some games, they defer, so obviously they're not going to get as many possessions in the first quarter. It could leak into the second quarter. Yeah. But it clearly, those numbers show that the offense is so much better out of the gates. And we've seen that with even just this team in general. Look at look at the Giants game. Yeah. They were dominating. It felt like they were dominating that first half against the Giants. Same as the, only the to Redskins do or the absolutely Commanders. nothing. Or how about the uh, Bears game yeah. where they came Domination. out really good in You're the like, first. You're like, all right, we can kick our feet up. And we can watch them just pound the team. And then come halftime, they're the ones getting pounded. Even Even in New England. Yeah. Where they jumped out to a quick lead. Obviously, they had Hoyer get hurt, and then Bailey Zappi came in at the end, and then it was like, thank God that that game wasn't six quarters because I think they might have lost. <laughs> it's the Twitter poll. We got the Razor's Edge coming up here. Here's what it is. Here's my list of in order of blame. Matt LaFleur, you can't adjust come halftime. You don't use your best player in Aaron Jones, and then you go cry in the podium about it. Next up in blame, Brian Gudekunst. You give the offense nothing on the wide receiver position ever Devontae Adams loses. Rodgers is throwing. To, hey, listen to these names. Here's who's Rodgers throwing to. Alan Lazard, who's now hurt with a sling. His left arm's in a sling. Sammy Watkins, the kids call him Mr. Glass. Jawan Rinfrey off the practice squad. Amari Rodgers, who should be cut. Samari Toure, he should be lucky to be on a practice squad. He got his first catch on Sunday. Randall Cobb is hurt with an ankle injury. Who am I missing? Christian Watson, he's got a hamstring injury. Romeo Dobbs, fourth-round pick out in Nevada. If they get a first down, the game's essentially over. Green Bay's now out of timeouts. Play of the game right now. Heineke, hit as he throws, launches, it is caught! Yeah, man, that's it's cool. You know, Scott believes in me, and man, that means a lot to me. And when I see Terry out there one on one, you pay that guy a lot of money, right? So let's give him a chance. Um, and uh, he, he did a great job all, all game. He had, I think, two or three huge third down conversions in the second half. And uh, you can just tell, you know, there's a reason why he paid this guy. He's a, he's a really good player. He said he knew as soon as the play call came in, it was coming to him. Did you know that too? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, scary Terry torching Jair Alexander. Mm-mm-mm-mm. This guy torching with his Packer coverage, our guy Mike Clemens. Good morning, Mike. Thank you, brother. Uh, yeah, McLaurin had five catches, but three of them were just killer, including the touchdown. Yeah. But, you know, like on that, like the play-by-play, the third nine, That I mean, that pretty much iced the game for them. By the way, we're talking, a lot of people are asking, okay, when Rodgers had the ball in his hand on the very last play for the Packers, um, why didn't they go um, – uh, Hail Mary, instead of that razzle dazzle play, and Lafleur had asked was asked the question twice yesterday. It was kind of went round and round, 
But basically he was saying, we had a play called. They gave us a look where it was the same look that we saw when we were trying to take a shot just before the half in a game down at Arrowhead in Kansas my first year here. I remember that game. That was a game where Aaron Jones, I think Devontae was out, and Aaron Jones caught a big touchdown. Jamal Williams caught a beautiful ball in the back of the end zone. They were a little shorthanded, so they were going to try kind of a, a Hail Mary thing, and, and instead Aaron Rodgers got clobbered by the Chiefs' defense. So it was the very same look that, that Washington had put up for that, and that's why it, it turned into that razzle-dazzle play, which hmm. you know they might have gotten off if uh, Aaron Rodgers had been able to flip the ball to John Runyon, who was wide open there on the side. I guess somebody got called for holding on it anyway, though, so it would have taken it back. Yeah. But back to, back to Terry McLaren. Did you know that he could have been a Packer? <laughs> yeah, Jay Sternberger was chosen right before him. Yeah. Jay Sternberger even tweeted it, Mike, Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. So the Packers should have taken Scary Terry. Isn't that funny? Yeah, he's trolling yeah, us. It was, he's trolling it was, us. It was, it was the, uh, the 2019 draft. I guess that would have been Goody's second year as GM, and they had just hired uh, LaFleur. Now, you know, why did they need a tight end? Because you know what? They had Jimmy Graham, they had Mercedes Lewis, and they had some kid named Robert Tunyon. But they really thought that, you know, Jay Sternberger, I remember Goody saying, well, he's a project, but, you know, we, we really like his hands coming out of uh, Texas A&M. He was young. I think he'd only been down there a year or something like that. But he was, I mean, he was a nothing burger from the start. <laughs> and so there he is sitting on his couch, unemployed, no longer in the NFL, and making a great joke because they took him and Washington took McLaren on the very next pick there in the third round. And, you know, and they could have used him even as a wide receiver because they had, they had Devontae. I think, was Jeff Janis still in the team there? No. I think, I think that was right after Jeffrey. Yeah, yeah. No, here's, here's who we had in 2019. They had Geronimo Allison. <laughs> Drip, okay. drop, drip, drop, drip, drop. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, they, they clearly could have used him if they'd, if they'd picked him. And then a lot of people were on him. Geronimo Allison, Jake Kumaro, Alan Lazard, MVS was in his second year. Yeah. And Ryan Grant, remember the guy that they picked up? I think he was a free agent from Washington who never played. Not anyway. the running back. Yeah, not the, yeah. don't confuse yeah. the running back. Right, right. So, man, McLaren talks about, I mean, and he's 27 now in his third year, so mature, such a leader, you know, in that mess known as the Washington Commanders and Daniel Snyder and how they converted on those third down plays at, to – alive and keep Green Bay at bay. Third downs, big plays. They were the I think they were the, like the f- number 1 team in the league on third down, you know what I mean? And they're great in the red zone, have a great pass rush, so they have a great defense and for us to be able to move the ball and have success, I think that gives us a lot of confidence and tells us that, you know, the things that we're doing are having success. We just got to sustain that and and not shoot ourselves in the foot. <sighs> I I just don't even know how to like take this all in, Mike. It was just how inept the Packers look in every phase. And it's it's disheartening right now, you know. The other thing is, is like you know, where's the passion, man? Where's, yeah. Where's the story for these guys? What's what's the galvanizing point? Because there doesn't seem to be anything going on in that Packers locker room uh, this year. They were fairly pleased that they got past the Patriots, but I think that was one of those games where they're saying in their hearts, it was like, man, we almost lost to a third string quarterback, right. you know. By the way, how about that Bears game yeah. last night? No, the Bears and the Packers have the same freaking record. My gosh. <laughs> and But on the other side, you you know, everybody, even Joe Barry, your Packers defensive coordinator, he remembers Taylor Heineke 
with Washington, everybody that meets Taylor Heineke, they pull for the guy. He's not the most accurate quarterback, but he's, he's such a compassionate competitor and team guy, and he talked about what it meant for him to beat the Packers at home, the team he grew up watching. Oh, it's amazing. Again, I grew up watching these, these guys. Uh, my dad was born from Wisconsin, and so in the moment I was born, I was deemed a cheesehead and grew up watching Brett Favre, and that's the whole reason I started playing ball. Um, grew up watching Aaron Rodgers do his thing, and one of my last fond memories of my father is watching the Super Bowl when you know, the Packers beat the Steelers and Aaron Rodgers did his thing. So to, to come out here today and, and, and beat the Packers and Aaron Rodgers on our field uh, it means a lot to me. Yeah, you feel good for Taylor Heineke. Like, it's a great story, and you feel for him. What do you say after the game? His dad's probably up there, you know, because he passed away having a beer and watching the game all unfold. You feel good for the guy, but then you look at the Packers and you feel just in the dumps because how much they stink. How much they stink, and again, you're kind of looking for, you know, something, anything, yeah. And 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 in terms of you know operations wise, you know this this offensive line has 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 been the problem the last three or four games. You know, uh, you know, we got the word a week ago that you know something. One of the things that Robert Sala did against them with the Jets was run stunts because they admitted. The Packers' offensive line has been having troubles with stunts. When you twist, you know, a defensive end and a defensive tackle, you shoot a linebacker here, whatever. Maybe Royce Newman wasn't picking up. Maybe even, you know, Josh Myers in his second year center's not making the right declaration. But then, you know, you lose your left tackle 90 minutes before the game, David Bakhtiari. He's out there Sunday morning at FedEx Field with a couple of trainers. Uh-oh, that's not a good sign. And, you know, working out for them. And then... That's when LaFleur finds out, yeah, Bakhtiari's not going to go. Now, say, here's what happens. So we know how in the first half of the season, um, Bakhtiari and Yash Steinman were going back and forth, right? They were sharing snaps in games. And then, you know, you wait till Monday or Tuesday to see if the left hand Bakhtiari, if it swelled up, if they had to drain or whatever. And then about a month ago, LaFleur said, okay, we think we've got a plan right here where Bakhtiari, he'll practice every other day. But then when Dave got into some games and played pretty much the whole game, like 70 snaps, um, he started practicing every day. It was limited. He didn't do team. But he's do- I, you know, I've got pictures of him that I posted on the Twitter of, oh, here's Bakhtiari again, three to four days in a row the last two weeks. And now all of a sudden something happens on Saturday, doesn't feel right, gets on the plane, they test it out, you know, game-time decision, and then LaFleur is asked, uh, and even Rogers said, yeah, I found out the same time you guys did when the inactives came out. Well, Flores says, how does that change your day, like your play card? You, there's all these plays you thought you were going to run with David Bakhtiari, and now he's out for the game. Let's just say I was a little bit later getting out to the pregame warm-up, shuffling some things around, but that happens, you know, in a game that may happen, and that's even more chaotic, but at least you had some time to kind of reorganize some things. Obviously, it didn't, it didn't necessarily help us. It's not like we were very productive offensively, so, you know, we got to play better, no doubt about it. Just the little details are what bothers me. We had illegal formations, covering guys up, two men in motion at the same time, uh, the fundamentals of playing with your hands inside. We got called for a couple holdings. It's just all those little things. We had drop balls. It's just all that stuff adds up. It's all the little details. And when you don't go out there and, and play with great fundamentals and 
do all the little things right, it's it's hard to win a game in this league. And that's we just put ourselves behind the sticks way too many times. Yeah, if you can't do the little things right, how are you going to do the big things right? The little things equal up to the big things. But also, Mike, I mean, they played without David Bakhtiari basically all last year. Right. Like, how right. much of a big difference is he now this year? Uh, you know, but you had Billy Turner, yep. you know, in there, and you had Elton Jenkins for most of the season before he went down in November. Elton Jenkins is still trying to come back from that ACL. That's why part of the reason he's had trouble at right tackle. And when you talk about trying to put your best five out there, last week at this time they said, okay, enough. You know, we got to get Yash Diamond on the line. We're going to put him at right tackle. We'll get Elton into left guard. That'll be a little easier for him while he's still trying to come back on that uh, ACL knee. And uh, we'll move Runyon over to right guard. So that's always tricky. It, I mean, it takes three or four weeks sometimes. Honestly, it's it's just not a quick fix in order to completely, you know, muscle memory and all that, change your head as a right side or left side uh, a blocker. And, you know, this is a, also a team that, for the next, for the last two or three games, the offense just ends up having these three and outs, and the opposing team just dominates. I mean, Washington had 72 plays, Green Bay only had 47 because of the three and outs, because mm-hmm. the defense starts getting tired. And you're talking to John Runyon, who said, "Yeah, well, they brought in Zach Tom last week at the start of practice. This is the kid that I talked to you guys about first week of practice. Like, wow, this rookie is is blocking." Pass protecting Rashawn Gary and doing a good job at him. They worked him out as the back. He was going to be the backup left tackle. He ends up starting the game. Zach had reps at left tackle all week, so um, I feel like putting him in there, he came in, played pretty well, and uh, I think it's something to build on, and he finally got to see full game what live bullets look like, and I think it's only going to set us up uh, for further down the road. You know, God forbid something, something else happened, some confidence in Zach stepping up and taking over. And hopefully Runyon told uh, him who his dad is so he doesn't get fined for doing anything nefarious. You know? Yeah, yeah. Runyon also said, as, as he was asked, you know, so when did you know that Bakhtiari was out? He goes, in the locker room, and I'm doing my stretching, and Dave is talking to Zach Tom a lot, and then, like, showing him some, te- some technique, you know, with his hands and stuff. Yeah. Like, Okay, that doesn't look good. No, <laughs> that, that's how these well, guys find out. Wasn't Zach Tom saying too that's like you never know day to day basically about his knee, so you always have to be ready with Bakhtiari? I, you know, I guess in the world of texting or something, these players don't know until they hit the field because uh, you know they they want to text their girlfriend, "Hey, I'm going to start today," and then you know the next thing you know, it's on ESPN three hours before the game. The girlfriend's like the that. mole; she's the plant. <laughs> yeah, and and so then the last thing is just you know the attitude now and and. And, you know, you got the head coach standing up there saying, you know, hey, we, you know, we just got to have more fun. Well, okay. You know, but you don't see anybody, you don't hear about anybody angry, you know, at each other. You hear everybody just talking about, be cool. It's, it's cool. Just stick, stick with the plan. We'll get this turned around. And A.J. Dillon, though, you know, what the great guy that he did is he had a little fun. He went over the top. There was like a video of him and Jair working out at Wednesday's practice and doing some dancing around and, you know, and then people on Twitter, you know, the trolls are saying, look at these guys. They're, they're, they're like celebrating. Yeah. They've, you know, yeah. they've lost two in a row. So AJ talked about what he's, what he said in the team meeting when LaFleur said, you guys need to have more fun. 
I was screaming overwhelming positivity, extreme confidence, and you know, more so just for me to kind of hear it, but also if anybody needed it that day. There's no magic formula. It's not going to be an overnight fix. It's obviously something that we're working through, and everybody you know who's watching the game can see that, but you know, people are optimistic. You see the energy in here. Everybody wants to get better. Everybody wants to win, so um, I think the most important thing is you know being positive and sticking together. They need ping pong tables, some video games, Mike, maybe some dance lessons, some uh, some card games. You, you teaching them how to stunt, all kinds of stuff, Mike. So Colin Cowherd comes out with a strong take that says, the reason that the Buccaneers and the Packers are where they are right now, I mean, the Buccaneers only scored three Oof, against the Panthers, Panthers, is because of their quarterbacks. You got Tom Brady you know, who just breezes in during training camp, and sure, part of it's because of family and personal reasons, whatever. Uh, but, he's, you know, he, he comes in late, and he's yelling at all these players. <laughs> you got Aaron Rodgers who blows off, you know, the whole off season except for one mini camp. And remember, I'm the one that asked him two weeks in the, in the training camp when he was saying, yeah, these younger players, they've got to work harder. And I said, do you think that Christian Watson or Romeo Dobbs or some of these other guys – might be further along if he'd come to a couple of OTAs. I remember he laughed and he said, listen, you know, I don't need to be here for that part. That's, that's the 100-level classes. When I come in, it's the 200-level classes. As if he's sort of the, you know. He did beat an astronaut in Celebrity Jeopardy. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> you know, that, all that basic stuff. I don't need to be around here with our teaching technique. You know, I'm here when we start talking about, okay, here's, how, here's after you know what's in the playbook, how you have to actually react when you go up against a defense. In the meantime, you know, look at the slow start that you're after. Now, of course, he's got injuries as well. Uh, do you think they're going to trade for somebody? I don't know who they would uh, bring in at this point. I mean, point. the one that heavily to chase Claypool. Yeah, I, knowing the Packers, Mike, and being a Packer for my whole life, what are they doing free agency? Nothing. So I, do I want them to? Yes. Will they? Trends say no. Three years ago, remember, it was the 49ers and the Packers battling after uh, Emmanuel Sanders, and he ended up going to the 49ers. That wasn't enough to put them over the top, over you know the Kansas City Chiefs yeah. at once, but it did get them, help them get to the Super Bowl and all that. I don't know. Yeah, uh, no I just I just know that um, they've got plenty of personnel on this team right now, and I the, you know that offensive line has got to settle down. And as for the quarterback, you know, he's dealing with a bad thumb. But, you know, he said something, and I'll end with this. Last week he said one little thing. He said, yeah, you know, I think I can do this and I this if my legs, you know, can last. Oh, and that, to me that's a, oh, my gosh. Because hmm. we, when we were at Super Bowl, we had Chris Sims on from NBC. And Sims had done this excellent walking interview along the golf course with Aaron Rodgers, and they were at this tournament where up ahead, like two or three holes, is Tony Romo. And Aaron says to Chris Sims, you know, Tony didn't have to quit football because of the back. It's because of his legs. You know, we all can throw the ball still and, you know, can and study and all that kind of stuff. When your leg goes as a quarterback, that's when your accuracy goes off. That's when your mobility goes down. You're going to get killed. And he said he lost his legs, and that's what led to the next back injury and all mm-hmm. the other problems that he had. So Aaron Rodgers last week is just just threw this one little line out there. Yeah, if my legs can last through the season. Interesting. You know, Mike. Like, uh, Pay attention okay. to that, Mike. Pay attention to that, Clemens. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Mike, we appreciate your time, man. We'll check you out on Thursday. And also, Billy Mike's and uh, Grant Bills tonight, Wisco Sports Show. Yeah, yeah. Sounds great. Thank hey, you, boys. Much love, Mike. See you, buddy. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. There he is, Michael. 
Clemens. What did Grant call him? He goes hard in the paint. Waka Flocka Clemens. 